This episode of the Midday Madness Sports Podcast is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Testing, 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 do you read? We inhale! It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. We inhale! And welcome back to another edition of the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. I think, Noah, have we reached episode 30? Is this episode 30 now? I believe we did. We talked about it last week and we were wondering where we were and we, we happened to land on number 29. So, yeah, I believe this is number 30. We did it. Episode 30, everyone. It's still going. We go. We're still doing this. How about that? Just... <laughs> oh, man. I want to thank you for joining us on the Midday Man of Sports Podcast. Eric Miller, Noah Pegler, Air 5, by the way, for uh, number 30. Boom. Yep, did it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we were a little late, but it's fine. We did it. <laughs> um, we're going to recap the all-star festivities for baseball. My bone to pick with ESPN and Fox, because some of it was just weird. Um, Juan Soto turned down a 15-year worth $440 million contract, would, which would have made him the highest paid and the longest contract ever because he's yeah. only, what, like 23? Yeah, somewhere around there. So we'll talk about that. Next question is, who is going to be bidding? Because now it's the trade deadline the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be fun for the MLB. And, and, and speaking of people that have been signed in a different sport, breaking according to Woj, James Harden has agreed to a two-year worth $68.8 million or $8.6 million deal to return to the 76ers. Which uh, just did that maybe like a half hour ago. So, no, Pegler, how are you doing today, sir? Well, my weekend was great. I mean, especially even the last few days, got to watch the All Star break, and then I mean, I even got to try making a brisket as well. So that was actually yeah. a pretty good. Yeah, it was the first time I tried it, and. Thankfully, it worked out. <laughs> there you go. So I want to go to the board real quick before we go anywhere. I said they were going to sweep, which I'm actually really upset because the stupid strikes on Friday night would have helped the Yankees win. However. Yeah, but then also it's uh, Trevino not blocking that one wild pitch and being unable be, being able to hold on to the ball and allowing Bogarts to score. <laughs> so there's multiple reasons why the Yankees didn't do it. I understand, but – Look at that. You picked right. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough going into Yankee Stadium. And when the pitching has terrible luck, seriously, Chris Sale has oh, the worst yeah. luck out of any pitcher. Couldn't, he only, couldn't even go one inning. And yet now he's going to be out for another six weeks. The guy has only played 11 games in the last two years. Yeah, he's definitely not been healthy. He's not been helpful. It's just been a bad break for Chris Sale. We know how great he is. After that 2018 World Series championship with the Red Sox, just has not been the same. COVID didn't help either. Um, yeah, it's, it's just finally, I think this body is catching up like, whoa, whoa, we can't do all this anymore. So it was unfortunate. Even I had a like kind of look away after I saw the Aaron next hit off Chris Sale's uh, pinky, I believe it was. And ugh, looks so gross. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we got that. Um, let's talk about the All Star Game because in a couple of weeks, by the way, we're going to be stub my toe. Uh, we're going to be talking about our predictions of our. Uh, MLB division winners and our our second amendment of changing our picks for the baseball league. Um, as you know, in back in April, it's so weird to think about this. We put we chose our teams of who we think is going to be in the playoffs, who we think is going to be in the division winners. We did that back in April. It's been two, almost three months now, and now we're starting to get to the point where, hey, after the trade deadline, that's when we could start to figure out 
who we're going to change. I already know I'm changing a few of mine because I've already looked at it and I'm like, I said that. Ooh, that was a bad pick. And there's been some some bad picks we both have done. Some which were like, I, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I, I like this. Um, but no, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say no, something? No. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, I definitely uh, have some predictions wrong, but I mean, I'm glad that we get a chance at the uh, trade deadline to certainly see what's going to be different with some of these teams. And then that's uh, the one key thing about this trade deadline and what I'm glad the MLB has done over the last few years. It used to be, you know, the trade deadline was difficult to follow where it's like, okay, it's like restricted free agents deadline is here. And then these like free agents deadline is here. The MLB's tried to consolidate that where it's like, okay, officially more so this deadline is it. You can't really make any more uh, swaps or anything else with the players. There's like some sort of like um, special trades, I guess that happen every so often with certain contracts, I think, but like an auction kind of trade, or there's the, um, the designated for assignment trades. Um, There's been quite a few here and there. Um, cause that's how Verlander basically got on to the Tigers, to the Astros late, late, like August when they allowed yeah. that, like that period, like, okay, we know you're not going to be here. Where do you want to go? And the Yankees were actually on that list, by the way, it's stupid that they didn't get him, but that's, that's for another topic and another day. Um, so talking about the, the all-star game, I thought home runs over was great. I thought it was entertaining. thought it was cool to see Albert Pujols maybe have a chance to win it all, yeah. lose to the kid. And then you see Juan Soto just outblast uh, Hernet. Was it Hernandez, right? Jose Hernandez? Well, he, he, no, it was uh, Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez, Rod- okay. Go ahead. No, yeah, but then uh, Julio Rodriguez, like uh, a top – guy for the Mariners, who was only a rookie, by the way. Yeah. He ended up hitting like 30-plus home runs in each of his rounds. And I even saw this on Twitter. I believe it was Jason Stark. Um, he Probably. tweeted the fact that you, you look at the uh, home run derby, Rodriguez hit like 80 home runs in the entire uh, event, while yep. you look at Juan Soto, he only hit like 50, but yet he ended up winning the whole thing yeah. because it was about timing, so not burning yourself out. And I think it's interesting, too, because obviously gone are the days where you have to get 10 outs. Thank God yeah. we got rid of that because that took forever. I remember the home run derby going to well into midnight, and I would stay up yeah. and watch this. I remember the one time, I think it was 04, was watching a clip where Barry Bonds got intentionally walked as a joke. Now it's more serious. And I wish that there was a more, I I don't know if they do this, but I wish that there was like a charity that each player was playing for. Maybe that is the case, but I wish there was some more community activity in this and involved. Just like with the NBA uh, all-star game. I love the format that they have because it's all erased by the fourth quarter. The first one to get 24 points, whatever it is, wins, and then that money is going straight to that charity. I wish baseball would do something like that to help the communities. They, re- they realize that they have a huge market to uh, or community that they can market to and help. I mean, Aaron Judge, they had a special about him over the all-star game where this kid in Toronto, he didn't realize how like how lucky this kid was to get the home run ball from a Toronto Blue Jays fan. And then they got to meet the Aaron judge the next day. And he's like, you know, it's things like this. This is the reason why I love playing baseball. If this is the reason why then we should, the baseball world should be doing more for their communities. Yeah. I mean, in the MLB's case, they have done, works in many different ways and then the one thing also is uh even yesterday as you watch the all-star game they did stand up to cancer after uh, every year yeah after i believe the fifth inning and everyone wrote down at least somebody who they know who is unfortunately battling with cancer right now and then i mean they ended up that was also MasterCard uh, donating some money. And then, yeah, with the home run derby, I mean, you, you could mention it a little more. I mean, I thought there was a bit, there, there wasn't really much mention of it. A lot of focus on the derby as a whole. Yeah. 
Yeah. My bone that I had to pick was the Derby, though. And I don't even remember her name. She's a reporter for ESPN. And and we were talking about this briefly before we got on, where um, Juan Soto wins a home run derby. And obviously, Juan Soto's name, you're going to hear that name a lot right now uh, with the Nationals. He, like we said in, in the beginning of this show, um, he did turn down a record-breaking contract, 15 years, $440 million. Now, because it's the All-Star game, an all-star weekend and all-star week activities. The rumor is that Washington is going to trade him. Well, the reporter who, by the way, he just hit what, like 20 home runs, 21, home, 21 home runs to win the home run derby. And he's already gassed. He's already winded. And one of the three questions she asks, and I think the last question is, are you going, what is your future? Like, do you want to stay with the nationals? That's your that's your first question. Come on, that like I'm a broadcaster. That's something you ask in the press conference at the end, where you have the reporters and say, "Hey, so you want to congratulations? You won the home run derby. Um, obviously, it's it's the home run derby All Star Weekend festivities. What is your what do you want your future to look like? That would be an appropriate question. That on live television on ESPN right before you're about to watch the captain. By the way, episode one just came out on Monday. Uh, before you watch that, you have to you have to get that point across. Like, hey, what's your uh, future like with the Nationals? I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, no, <laughs> that's an inappropriate time to talk about that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who that was, and I, I believe it was uh, Jessica Mendoza. Of no, ESP. it wasn't Mendoza. It's because she's Mendoza? With the Mets now. Okay, it's been someone else then. I can't um, remember but, uh, her name. But, but anyway, I mean, you just look at it, the way reports are going, and obviously everyone wants to know the big topic. I mean, it, it's tough knowing that you still have a whole season to play, yeah. and you just feel like the timing of these questions. Like, even with, like, Aaron Judge now, everyone wants to know, like, what's his decision on his future? Because, I mean, as soon as you know – I mean, then it's a whole media, like, uh, firestorm, what's going on. And then for Juan Soto, it was a big moment for him, winning the home run derby. I mean, yeah. not, all, not not a lot of guys win the home run derby. It's amazing when, you know, Pete Alonso won it. It's amazing when you see guys like Robinson Cano, who was able to win it with his dad pitching, or when Big Poppy won in 2010. And then, I mean, the, the home run derby, I mean – it, even depending on who you're uh, playing for, it's like something that baseball players truly enjoy. And mm-hmm. that was just t- part of the whole uh, media attention that Juan Soto was getting throughout the weekend. And then now they're even talking about the fact that, you know, the Nationals didn't even, you know, charter a plane out for him, even though he was their only uh, all-star. But then you'll try and pick apart whatever uh, bit of news that you can get for a guy like uh, Juan Soto. It's like, but there's a time and there's a place for that. You know, Marley Rivera is her name. Oh, yeah, that's so I, okay. I found it on a press room uh, for the press release on ESPN. Um, and like, I get that you want to be the first one. Everyone wants to be the first one. But sometimes like this story just doesn't, it, you know, it's not going to break just like that. Like if he had said, well, I don't want to be there anymore. Okay. That's like, we already know that. So you're not like, if he had said that, okay, that's a standard answer of like, well, obviously, we couldn't get things worked out, so I'm looking elsewhere. That's okay. But do you really have to ask, hey, what are your plans? What do you want to do? I just won the home run derby. Let me enjoy this moment with my friends, with my companions, with the people that I play against and play with and play this wonderful game with. Let me do that. Like, press conferences, that's that's when you can appropriately put the conversation or put in words how you want to describe that question. That's fine. But when you are on live national TV, you are the reporter. You're the only one talking. Like, you get three questions, maybe, sometimes two questions, and maybe she got the okay, hey, I'm going to ask this question for my producer. Do you think I should do it? Yeah, do it. Like, might as well get the scoop, right? That's all you yeah. were trying to do. It's trying to get the scoop right away before anyone else. But it didn't work because this is going to be so blown out. And we'll get into that in a little bit. The other thing that bothered me, uh, and I love, I think it was, uh, it's not Ronaldo. Uh, Fox did the coverage on the All-Star game. I can't remember his name. 
But he was sitting, it was talking with Aaron Judge. Obviously, New York is having such a great year. And they had asked another conversation about a contract conversation. Now, that's something, obviously, it's still fresh because no one really knows what's going to happen with with that. But is that something you really want to air on live TV for your uh, all-star coverage? Why couldn't you talk about anything else? Like, hey, you guys are having a great season. What what has been the chemistry like? What has this guy been like? What has that guy been like? Why are you guys are gelling together so far right now? Why is that like one of the centerpieces of contract negotiations? Why why do we need to know that right now? Yeah, I mean they want to know about the, all the details of the Yankees, especially since the Yankees are the big team. And then I mean Fox. I mean you. You're upset about that. I mean, a lot of people were upset over the past weekend to mention when the Yankees were playing the Red Sox. They ended up putting up a graphic of New York City, and it was uh, round zero, you know, the site of 9-11, and Fox ended up apologizing for that. It was a huge mistake. And to look at this now, uh, with, Aaron, with Aaron Judge, there was even uh, – him talking about like to a kid where it's like, uh, he's like, don't be upset because you know, the Yankees have all these guys. And yeah. it's, basically it's like, that's not a yes or no answer. No. <laughs> that's why people are thinking, you know, it's like, Oh, judge could be leaving. Well, and the funny thing is I remember. So 2019 on Facebook live, again, this is several years ago when um, Didi Royce was still there and he, what was it? Um, Didi was doing like this questionnaire on Facebook and I somehow stumbled upon it. I did. I don't even remember how it happened. I was scrolling on Facebook and I'm like, Oh, that's Didi Gregorius. I'll, I'll take a listen before I got to go to work. I was listening to it. And then they were like, Oh, well, we'll leave you time, room for questions to answer on Facebook. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to answer this, but I'll throw it out there. Do you, do you want to be a Yankee? Like at the end of the season, cause it's contractors coming up. They mentioned it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, they're actually asking my questions. This is insane. No way. And he's like, I'd love to be a Yankee for life, but it's a business. And that's part of the business that people don't normally see, which makes sense. And everyone always wants to be a Yankee. There's not a time or a player that does not want to play for the Yankees. I bet 98% of the Red Sox, besides Jason Veritek, who is Mr. Red Sox himself would never play for the Yankees. And I'm okay with that because you need to stay true to who you are. But I bet 90% of that team on the Red Sox would play for the Yankees at one point in their career. Kevin Euclid did it for the Red Sox or for the Yankees in 2013 before he retired. Uh, you know, we've had so many Johnny Damon did it. David Cohn flip-flop went to the Yankees, then went to the Red Sox. You know, we've seen this happen. Everyone wants to come. Not everyone is fit for it. Joey Gallo, just to mention the name currently <laughs> and that home run he finally needed on sunday we'll see what it does for the second half of this year but man like aaron judge looks like a yankee walks like a yankee talks like a yankee and but the problem is he's not going to get that big contract this is going to be his last big contract he's 30 years old and he's already proven that he's injured now yes this is the one year, and it always happens. On a contract year, the player is finally healthy. They finally figured it out, and all their numbers shot up. And then you sign that big deal, and everything goes to crap. Just like Alex Rodriguez. And to me, if I'm a Yankees fan, which I am because I have the hat on, I am so against the 10-year contracts because of Alex Rodriguez. Because – one, and I was talking to a coworker of mine the other day, and I asked him, because Alex Rodriguez got the one ring in 09, is that enough for you as a Yankee fan? No. If Bryce Harper wins the Phillies a World Series with just one, is that enough for Phillies fans? No. These young players, I get why they're trying to get the long-term contract. You're, it's not worth it. You're mm-hmm. stuck there. And just think about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They signed a five-year contract, six-year contract, and they already went out. (laughs) So it's better to do what James Harden did today. Sign a lucrative deal. Sign a smaller deal. Work on it. Get a little more money. Get more sponsorships. 
get more money outside of baseball and and really get the money outside instead of just getting it from the game because it's not always going to work. Tiger Woods made more money on sponsorships than he did with the, the PGA. Yeah, I mean, of course, golf, you really heavily rely on sponsorships That's due to the true. fact that uh, since you, since in the PGA, you don't really win if you don't uh, qualify within, I guess, like the top 30 or so on like mm-hmm. uh, the last two days of the weekend. And so for Aaron Judge and the Yankees, this is just an ongoing, long discussion that may continue into the postseason. And then depending on what happens with the Juan Soto deal, I mean, you got multiple guy, multiple teams inquiring about Juan Soto, but the key is about Juan Soto is that you have to give he's up. Young. Play, play, he's young, yes, and he has a. They want players in return. The Nationals don't really want draft picks. They want guys who can fit into the lineup, ready to go. And there's at least a team to build around going into next season. Now yeah. you look at some of these teams that are inquiring. You look at the Yankees. I mean. He's, he's a right field player, Juan Soto. So you've got to think it's like, okay, can we get rid of Gallo or even maybe Hicks to make some room? But then uh, at the same time, I'm sure uh, you're going to have to look at some star players to, that if the Yankees would have to give up. I mean, I'm trying to think who the Yankees would give up. I mean, you wouldn't give up Donaldson on just a short notice. I mean, would you give up Torres? Because I know Torres has been a part of the rumors for at least the last few seasons now. Thank God. And it's, just, it's just been questionable because, I mean, as far as your infield, you have Rizzo and you also have DJ LeMahieu. So you're pretty set and you have uh, IKF, who's actually been uh, pretty good decent, for his yeah. role. And he's so Torres just hasn't fit out, but yet he's a big name to, to trade away because he puts RBIs and the Yankees can't hold on to everyone. So here's a package that Jim Bowden from the uh, the Athletic reported about yes about today actually that New York would need to include Anthony Volpe, who is their up and coming shortstop, the number one draft, the number one uh, guy they have in the minors, Jason Dominguez and Waldachuk, plus a big leaguer or two, such as like you mentioned, Gleyber Torres and or Michael King. That's a uh, lot to give up. Yeah, but uh, seeing how it, it would lead you a World Series title, I mean, you got to think if it's worth it. True, but you also look at uh, what was the other one? The other report was New York is reportedly unwilling to deal with Volpe in any trade any trade talks leading up to the deadline. That's how sold they are about it. So I don't mm-hmm. think like. I would love to have Juan Soto, and I would love to get rid of maybe Dominguez, but Dominguez did hit a bomb during the uh, Futures All-Star game this past weekend. Uh, I saw it on MLB Network. Oh, my goodness, the thing was heat. That was a nasty blast. And if he becomes like a Juan Soto, which it seems like he's on his way to becoming, that right there, there's your replacement, and you barely have to pay him anything right now. Um, Volpe, I've heard that name thrown around so much in New York that it's crazy that this is the potential Derek Jeter, the next up and coming Derek Jeter at shortstop. Now, if he can live up to that, we'll see. I highly doubt that because even Jeter is a top 10 Yankee, not a top five, but a top 10 Yankee. And it's just that that's a lot of expectations on him. Now, Falefa, he's just, He's a good fill-in right now. That's all you really need him for. And it's more defense because, let's face it, the Yankees made too many errors last year. But yeah, I don't see the Yankees getting Soto. I mean, the left-handed bat would be great because it would fill in for a Gallo. It would fill in when Rizzo isn't hitting really well. Um, and I think that would only – and if Hicks – see, the other thing, if you give up Hicks, you're giving up at least because he signed that 10-year deal in 2018 – so he's got like five or six more years left on that $10 million deal that he already signed. And he's actually finally healthy, which is surprising. Uh, when Aaron Hicks is healthy and he's a switch hitter, he's such a deadly hitter. And his arm is even, even more amazing as well. So I just I don't see the Yankees having any room for him. I The guy that I hope that they go for is Castillo, honestly, from the Reds. Because he proved when he was in New York just last week, before the Red Sox came to town and he went seven innings, shutout innings. And I was like, 
can we just sign him right now? He, he, he's right there. Just steal him. And then give him, give, give him Silas. Give him someone. We don't need him anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Because then you would have DJ playing second. You already have Isaiah Fluffa for short. Your infield is basically set. So is your outfield. Just get another starter. Just in case. In case Nestor doesn't do well. In case Talion doesn't do well. In case Montgomery starts to fade a little bit. This is also the first time in years that Montgomery is actually healthy as well. And you're also trying to get Domingo Herman back from the the uh, IL. So I, I just don't see what moves the Yankees are going to make at the trade deadline. I'll be shocked, whatever they do, because I think it's going to be for the best. But when you're already the best team in baseball right now, do you really need to make a move? Yeah, the whole point of it is because it's the whole one step away. Just like when the Yankees got Mark Teixeira. It's like that. Some people say, you know, that was the missing piece. That was what finally put him over the top because they had all those guys. And now, as we see, there's a time limit here on Zoom. I don't know. We'll s- Hold on, you're mute, Eric. <laughs> I've never seen this before. We actually have a uh, running out of time. This has never happened to us. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's a weird on Zoom, but we'll see. Let's just keep going, and we'll right. roll with what we have. But yeah. as far as you look at what the Yankees have, I mean, they have enough pieces. Most of it is just going to rely on the pitching, and as long as the long ball game does not fade. I know the Mets are another team because, let's face it, the New York market, this is the best year the Mets have had in quite some time, and they're, they're, keeping, their, they're keeping their fingers crossed, you know. Let's hope that nobody gets hurt because, let's face it, that feels like Mets tradition nowadays, <laughs> and they're going to uh, inquire on Soto and, I mean, the uh, ownership group, uh, Cohen, has uh, always been, you know, putting the best interest of Mets fans forward. And then another team that's interesting is the Cardinals because the Cardinals have Goldschmidt, who's having an MVP-like year. Arenado is finding his form. And, you know, the Cardinals will want to bring in some stars as well, especially since, you know, you got Pujols leaving, Yachty's mm-hmm. leaving. I mean, a lot of guys are going to be probably moving on. And then San Diego is one more team, I would have to say, um, because apparently they want to pair him with uh, Tatis Jr. But where, who, who are you going to give up? Because Actually, I do have because, two people you can give up. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Hosmer and Will, Will Myers. Mm-hmm. Because they've been trying yeah. to get rid of Hosmer for a long time because it really hasn't produced as well as they would have hoped. And Will Myers has been someone that's been in the talks as of late as well. Yeah, Myers is interesting. I mean, he was a top prospect when he started with Tampa Bay years ago, but yet it's just been very quiet. And then San Diego knowing that, well, can't let him go to the Dodgers. I mean, I know the Dodgers don't have room, but let's face it. L.A. always somehow (laughs) manages to get more quality players because they were able to get Trey Turner away from the Nationals, and yet he ended up being an all-star this year, starting in that National League lineup. But I'm sure Washington will take the premium best offer that they can get Mm -hmm. in in the trade deadline, and they really hope that uh, they can at least get the quality players that they get in return rather than letting Soto go in free agency. And how about the Twins? The Twins bumped payroll to franchise record levels when they signed Carlos Correa, but with Carlos Correa trying to opt out, they're going to have 55 to $60 million left, and Soto stands to make in 2023 would be most – well, actually, 55 to $60 million is what Soto would make which is the highest played ever player that any Minnesota player has ever uh, made. Also, the Blue Jays could be another team that's in the mix. Now, they're young, but like they, they, they don't really have much of their uh, thin, uh, thin systems of the teams. Like Obviously, they have a young lineup, but that could be an interesting lineup with Soto, Guerrero Jr., Bichette, uh, Biggio, that man, and Springer. That would be a deadly lineup. That would be a lineup to play against the uh, the Yankees for. No, yeah. Yeah, to think that Toronto, <clears throat> I mean, you got to remember the one year, 2015, when they got Tulowitzki and Donaldson. They were right there in the ALCS, and they fell short against the Royals that mm-hmm. year. 2016 fell short to uh, the Cleveland Guardians, then Indians, and they – 
want to make sure that some other teams don't get him. I mean, they don't have to worry about Boston getting him because <laughs> we, we, have, we have too many guys in free agency. Everyone's saying, well, we should sign Raphael Devers. I mean, even Big Poppy's like, hey, you got to pay the man. Like, let's get this done. Yeah, that was – that's going to be a crazy uh, – it's just going to be a crazy deadline because I'm going to be interested to see – where Soto goes and for how much and why, you know, that that's going to be the big win. Uh, question of the day, by the way, the all time, do you, this is for, you know, obviously, because you're the only one I give the question of the day to, do you know who lead? Well, okay. The record between the American league versus the national league. Do you know who leads it and what league? Uh, yeah. What league? owns the uh, all together wins versus losses against the national American league. So, so who owns, are, are you talking about the all-star game, right? Yeah. So the all-star game, American league versus national league. Okay. Who owns the all time winning record against who? And uh, bonus, do you know the, uh, the uh, time or how much it is? Well, I mean, I knew for some time at one point, I think it was a national league, but then, American League has really come on fire over the last few years because they now just won nine straight. Oh. So I'm going to say American League. Okay. Do you know how, by how many games? Um, I'm going to say three. Ooh, you were close. And you were right, by the way. American League does own the all-time league, so I can't – oh, Sam, can't add Hey, it I got one this week. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it, Noah. Anyways, the AL now leads the all-time series against the National League 47 to 43, which is crazy. Okay, uh, so four times. <laughs> yeah, so this is also the second longest streak that American League has. And also, they have the top five longest streaks. They have a nine years, which is 2013 to present. 2003 to 2009, they won seven. 88 uh, to 93, they won six. And 97 to 01, they won five. The National League owns the the long time or the all time longest uh, winning streak from 72 to 82 with 11 years. And during the AL's winning streak, the national league held the lead for one inning heading into Tuesday's game. That was during the first inning of the 2016 all-star game. It tacked on two, three more innings onto that total Tuesday after taking a two Oh lead in the first. But then again, the Yankees stand with the bomb to win the MVP. Yeah, I mean, I always root for the American League every year, and that's the one time I think I could say, you know, Stanton, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the question of the day. Do we want to keep going and, like, just come back? We can do that. I mean, we could, yeah. Um, Unless you just want to end it, I'm okay with whatever you want to do. I mean, we can just uh, keep going, and then we'll have – you'll have two different recordings. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That'll be easy enough to split together. So, yeah, I'm not worried about that. Only because, like, let's just end it now, and then we'll come back. So, that way, right, this, yeah. doesn't, this is stupid. I've never had this happen before. What the yeah, hell? I know. I'm going to stop right now. And we're back. And so, obviously, we figured it out, but whatever. But, yeah, so the American League is owned, which is actually great because, by the way, the American League now leads the all-time series. Um, they're 21-3-1. and one. And in the last 25 years, and has had a stranglehold over the All-Star game in that time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, but that just goes to show the total amount of talent on the one side. I mean, you got to think going back to uh, like 2007, I would say, you got to remember, yeah, Jeter, Ortiz, Ramirez, and even Ichiro. I still remember 2007, one of my favorite moments in the All-Star game, Ichiro in his inside the park home run. While that was there, 2007, I mean, that was amazing. I mean, that was in uh, San Francisco, I believe. I mean, yeah, right there as uh, the Giants Stadium. It was was cool to watch it on TV. And then you obviously have uh, guys now, obviously, with Judge Stanton joining the American League, Devers, Martinez, and then the pitching staff. I mean, honestly, there weren't that many big American League pitchers this year uh, starting because, of course, Cole – Pitched on Sunday, and you know the Ameri- I mean the way the pitchers always work in uh, 
the all-star game is like, okay, yep. You get one inning. That's it. Because, you know, it's like, we need our guys to rest and be ready for uh, as soon as we come back, because we don't want them messing with the rotation and rest, but the American league has had their great run. And I just want to know when's the national league finally going to win, try and get a win. And uh, never. (laughs) Yeah. But then, I think the National League at this point is just thankful that uh, the All-Star game isn't playing for home field advantage anymore because that's how it used to be. See, I actually miss that. That made the All-Star game more enjoyable to watch because then you're like, all right, who's going to get it? And like that helped the Red Sox in 04 and 07. That helped the – I mean, it didn't help the Yankees in 03. Uh, That helped the Yankees in 2010 or 29. Yeah, 09 when they beat the Phillies, you know, like, and that was big because the Phillies were a better home team that season. Um, so mm-hmm. like, I, I remember, and I wish that baseball did that again. I don't remember why they took it away, but it was just such a, it made like my wife last night was like, why are you watching the all-star game? It doesn't count for anything. Does it? And I'm like, no, it's just, it's the stars. It's like the NBA all-star game. Like you want to see a good show and you, and they always, they do. I mean, it sucks when Judge strikes out like three or four times. Yeah, but I mean, to just uh, look at that. I mean, you're a little slow on my end, I think, with the Zoom. Probably. But uh, <laughs> that's why I'm responding right now. No, you're fine. But, but to look at this, um, when you compare it to other All-Star games, I mean, the Pro Bowl is awful. I mean, they're planning to get rid of it because, you know, it's like watching a, a two-hand touch football game. So They don't play. It yeah, sucks. That's just a problem. And then, I mean, the NBA basketball all-star game, I mean, the one thing that people always watch is like, you know, they just run up the points, run up the points. I mean, that the the slam dunk contest is always something that people watch for that weekend. And then um, the the NHL all-star game, I mean, they, they, they made changes in the past with like, you know, divisions. Mm-hmm. But then um, the one cool thing they at least did this year was that it was in Vegas and they did, they had an event where, they were on um, uh, the, the, what is it? The fountain there. Um, yeah. Out, out there in Vegas. Like, yeah. <laughs> at, cool. I, I know what you're talking about. That was always fun. Yeah. And now for the MLB all-star game, I mean, it's about the tradition. And then the fact that everybody gets at least one player from each team. Like that's cool to see that, you know, at least you have somebody from the Pittsburgh pirates, even though they're awful year in and year out. And then mm-hmm. the fact that there was an A's player, I mean, he actually got out thanks to the Astros uh, allowing him to fly on their plane at least uh, to get out to the all-star game. So that was actually uh, pretty neat of them to do. And so you also even got to see guys like there were a lot of Marlins this year. I mean, yeah. Alcantara got the pitch in the second inning, but it was great to see uh, all that happen. And especially for uh, Dodger stadium, because they were supposed to have it in 2020 got canceled mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And so they got it right this time. So here's an interesting fact too, by the way, uh, Julio Rodriguez, his base salary for this year is $700,000. Yeah. Because he competed in the home run derby and got second. He got a, a three quarters of a million dollars, $750,000 for wow. just getting second. Wow. So talk about a, uh, a pay raise. <laughs> Well, that's why it's worth competing in the home run derby. And he was so close to becoming another rookie to win the home run derby. The first one to ever do that was Aaron judge in 2017. Yeah. Then look at his numbers. It sucked. I'm glad he didn't. He hasn't done it since. Well, I mean, that's the one thing about the home run derby. They talk about, you know, it messes with the guy's swing and that's why not everyone does it. Yep. Which I like maybe in a couple more years when judge can do it again, but I not right now he's, he's done enough. Which I thought was interesting that Albert Pujols only has done it four times. Yeah. That's it. I thought it was lo- I thought it was more than that. Yeah, you'd think more, but then you got to think guys who were probably mixed in that. Yet I think I'm trying to think of Vlad Guerrero Jr. ever did it, and then had Barry so. Bonds, and then I mean, even in the past, you got like last few years, you had like Yoannis Cespedes, and then Todd Frazier being some of the other names to go. Godfather. Yeah, one in 2015. Harper, in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, I mean, that, the crazy thing was is that now you have uh, Harper. He won it. Then he left because it <laughs> happened the year before. And now here we are again, Soto winning it with the Nationals, and yet he might be leaving too. Hmm. I think we're going. We're getting a trend here in yeah. Washington. Hmm. 
we're on to you. Yeah. But then the National League East, they've actually dominated the uh, the home run derby. They've actually, I think, won almost every single one except for the one that Judge won because you got to think Alonzo's won it twice. Harper won in 18. Soto won it now. When Stanton won, I think he was still at the Marlins. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think he did win it. Well, wasn't he on the 2017 one as well? I'm but yeah, but, sure. the, but the year in 2016 was uh, in San Diego. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. San Diego is a great place for it to do it. I do like San Diego. It's a beautiful ballpark. It is. I remember when, it, I mean, unfortunately, when COVID happened, I remember when um, the Yankees were playing there. I'm like, man, this is such, this is a perfect park for the Yankees to play in <laughs> because they hit homers anyway. So, like, Let's have home run derby for the for the playoffs. Why not? Yeah, that's what it felt like. I mean, even in all the series that were played between uh, the fact that you had the Astros out there and then you had the Rays uh, playing there as well. Oh, man. Uh, so we're talking about the the trade deadline that's coming up shortly. I don't think the Yankees are doing it. I don't think the Yankees have space. And if all the reports are saying that acquiring Soto would most likely cost the Yankees top shortstop prospect, Anthony Volpe, I don't think it's going to happen. It would be great to see Judge and Soto in the middle of the lineup or even at the top of the lineup, but it would still make the lineup too top heavy. Like you got to find balance. And I think the first five six are great for the Yankees. Six, seven, or seven, eight, nine eh, with. Falafa, I mean, um, Trevino has been great in clutch situations, but Donaldson's been hit or miss sometimes. Um, you just you don't know where you're getting that production. Now, I would love to see if they do trade Torres, but who are you going to get for him? Who are you going to try to acquire for him? It's got to be a pitcher. I think if the Yankees are going to try to trade anything or for anything, it's got to be a pitcher. It's got to be either a starter or it has to be a bullpen guy. That That's the only two people I can see. Um, Castillo, I don't think there's any other real big uh, – I've been looking at the trade rumors recently. I don't see any, like, big reliever arms that are available that are just sticking out like, hey, this is the one that they should get because – and the Yankees are still having people come back. They just had a little wise to come back. Uh, Michael King has been fine. Clay Holmes has been great. So, to me – if they're being this good right now, do you even risk? Like, I know you said earlier that they just, they might need that one piece, but maybe that one piece is already there. That'll help them, you know? Yeah. And there hasn't been much talk of, you know, certain pitchers moving this year. I mean, because a lot of the key names were locked down. I mean, Scherzer staying with the Mets and then everyone's been talking about DeGrom, but they're talking about the off season. Like yeah. they think that again, the Mets aren't going to trade him now. And then obviously Castillo is the biggest name out there. And then there just hasn't been much on uh, certain pitchers, mainly because guys are getting hurt. And then of course you got to think the lockout had an impact on guys getting ready for the season. Yeah. And so I think you're going to have some teams be more aggressive for pitching. I would imagine, um, you, you would think teams like Houston maybe possibly thinking that they need another pitcher. I can see that. That would be to, that would make them better, I think. Yeah, to at least compete because they, their bats are set with guys like Altuve and uh, Alvarez, who's actually having a pretty solid year, who would have been an all-star if I think he got hurt. And then uh, – Yeah, against us, I'm pretty sure. And the Yankees have a two-game set with them to, uh, Thursday to start the second half back up. Yeah, and then you, you got to think, I mean, the Dodgers, I think, are pretty set with pitching. Gonsolin is looking pretty good, although he didn't have a good all-star game. He ended up being <laughs> the reason why they lost the game. Yeah, we'll take And it. then, uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Milwaukee will inquire on pitching. They always seem to be a team where it's like, okay, I mean, we have – guys in our lineup i mean that at least do their role but pitching's always like okay let's try and figure out what what we can improve in that area and then you got to think i mean (laughs) san diego the only way they're getting involved with pitching is like okay let's make sure he doesn't end up on the dodgers (laughs) (laughs) and that's gonna be their only reason like anyone and you can sign with any team no f you you stay away (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man but like, they, I don't think we're going to see as many big splashes in this trade deadline as <laughs> I mean, it's been quiet. And that's the that's the scary thing, too. Like uh, on MLB Network, they have this uh, this article, which all stars could be traded. I don't think there's going to be that many. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are set where they are, or they're still in a contending team that they don't want to get they don't want to get out of. Now, I mean, Soto is the only one, but that's about it. Now, maybe Ben Attendee for the Royals, yeah. but who? I mean, he's twenty eight. Is he really going to go somewhere and help the left handed bat? Yes, that would help, but. I don't know. I think a lot of these moves, and there's not that many on this list, by the way. There's um, Contreras from the Cubs, David Bednar, a reliever, reliever from the Pirates, um, Castillo. We already we've already been talking about quite a bit. Wilson Contreras, and I Ian Happ. Yeah, you look, just look at some of these teams right now. I mean, the expanded playoffs at least allows some of these other teams to be like, okay, we don't have to be selling our guys right now. We could actually possibly make a push if, you know, things go right for us during like a week or two and we get on a hot winning streak because look at Seattle. I mean, the Mariners yeah. have been on fire with a 14-game winning streak and the Orioles right now, they're right at the 500 mark. Nobody yeah. that the Baltimore Orioles sitting in last place currently would be at that 500 mark. And then you look at just how Chicago is. I mean, the White Sox aren't officially out of it. I know people have their doubts, but yet with Tony LaRusso being at the helm, you know, he's going to go all out. He's going to try and win. And then you even see the Miami Marlins. They had, they're, just right around that 500 mark as well. But yet they're not giving up, and I'm sure they're going to be more aggressive this year. And that's where some teams are like, okay, we're not going to sell our our assets yet because no. we know that we could use them now or even just hold on to them next year. I mean, that's why you see some of these lower teams like uh, the Reds of Castillo. That's why he's leaving uh, or yeah. potentially out in the trade. And then Soto wanting out because, you know, the Nationals, they are literally not going anywhere. Nope. And then the A's – they pretty much sold everything off before the start of the season. And so there's really not much to, you know, inquire about during the deadline. Then the Royals. Yeah. They're another team that's, you know, holding on. And then the Tigers, I mean, they even, I believe they sent down their top prospect and uh, I think it's Torkelson uh, just recently because oh, he's yeah. struggling majorly with the Tigers. And then the fact that I believe Miguel Cabrera is actually their top player. And yeah. this is a team that Javier Baez on the lineup. Yeah, that like that is crazy. That and that's a weird move, by the way, because I thought Javier Baez was really going to make them better. Mm-hmm. Apparently, one player does not ha- does not make that happen. And by the way, you could talk about the Angels with that because they've been they've had the best player in the league for the last ten years, and it still has only left them to one playoff. Yep, and here they are also with Shohei Otani, who always, you know, gets into the spotlight because he's amazing, and yet it's just L.A. Angels holding on to guys, knowing that they need to make changes elsewhere, and that's unfortunate. The fact that, you know, two of the biggest stars aren't going to be in the postseason potentially at this point. Yeah, and, like, it's weird because even Shohei is on this list, um, and it and it's weird because – He's such a good player, but and he's just one year from free agency, by the way. So he and he's 28. He's about almost the same age as Judge. And it wasn't he the one? Yeah, Shohei's been in since 2018. And he's the one that just beat out uh Miguel and Duhar for the rookie of the year, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. I just some of these teams you look at. And you're like, okay, that player, I can see why. Like the Pirates, they're basically a farm system in in the major leagues. They're not a real like team. I mean, they are, but they're they're a farm system. <laughs> Just like the Orioles have always been a farm system. Now their youth is finally showing and playing very well, which is great for the American League East. But like the Giants are still in it for the pl- for the uh, playoffs, uh, especially the wild card and like. The Angels, I don't really think are going to get anything, which is why it makes sense for them to move on. But if Shohei leaves, does that leave the leave the door open for Mike Trout to go? Or once that's really up, that's up to Mike Trout at this point because it's it, he has a, that long term deal, and you have at least ten to nine years still left on that contract because he signed that fairly recent and Stupid contract. And you got to think the only teams that can afford them are, well, like the Yankees and the Dodgers, because that's how the Yankees got Stanton, because they were the ones willing to pay Stanton what he was entitled in the money. That and it was uh, Jeter that traded him, just saying. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's, I'm just saying, I Jeter, mean, former Yankee, giving their best player to the Yankees. No conspiracy or anything. <laughs> Lawrence a 30 for 30 on it. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, like, you look at the National League right now. It's Atlanta, San Diego, and Philly. Okay, that's those are your wild card teams. But St. Louis is actually better than Philly, but I think they have a tiebreaker. Uh, San Francisco is a game and a half out. Then it's Miami that is five games out. Then it's six and a half out and Arizona is still nine out. So you still have teams that have a chance. There's one, two, three, four, five teams right there. that still have a chance in the American league. You got Boston is just out by two games. The one that is not probably going to get there is 10 and a half out. And that's the angels. Yeah. And Tough. even the, the tigers are 12 and a half back. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that the angels were in a good position just a few months ago, and it just all completely fell apart. And now they they don't I guess they, they just really don't know what, what's gonna happen next. I mean, as far as finding a future manager, and there's a lot of teams out there that they still have a long way to go. And clearly everyone's thinking, you know, if the Orioles and the Mariners can have a bit of luck with their season and have a long winning streak to, you know, turn it around, like yeah. where's that, where's that going to happen for us? That's all we need. That just one big break. And we're right back in the hunt. We just need the break coach. We got this. We can do it. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I mean, the Yankees obviously are the best team in baseball with 64 and 28. Houston is only about five games back from them. Uh, 59 games, 59 wins, and Minnesota's 50. And then you look at the rest of the Central. I mean, Cleveland's 46, so they got like a four-game lead over them. Chicago is 46 and 46, so they're just a 500. And they're also three and a half back from Toronto right now. So, and um, if I'm looking at the uh, regular season standings, though, the actual division standings, my computer will load. Because, you know, you got to love technology sometimes. It looks like they are three and a half back from the division. So the Central is still wide open, at least with Chicago, Cleveland, and Minnesota. Um, Houston, I mean, they got they pretty much have theirs on lock right now. You know, they're uh, nine games up on Seattle, even with the 14-game winning streak, 10-0 in the last 10. Like, they're, they're still fine. Yeah, and – just to see some of these other teams. I mean, we're, we're not going to make our predictions now. No. We'll wait until after the deadline has passed. But there's still even teams like out in the National League. You look at St. Louis. I mean, I, I still think that they have the confidence to try and get past Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia's had their problems in the past. And, I mean, we'll see how Bryce Harper can help out whenever he gets back. He's supposed to probably get back next month because he's been out with a fractured thumb. San Francisco, I mean, it's tough right now. I mean, mm-hmm. th- they lost a lot of guys. Um, I mean, mainly Buster Posey being uh, one of their longtime staples of players. And, yep. of course, playing in a division against the Dodgers and Padres, it's not easy. And out in the American League, I mean, Minnesota, take advantage of this now because you know Correa doesn't really want to stay. You're, you're, this is your Kawhi Leonard rental. He basically take advantage of the guy while he's here. You win playoff games and try and get to the World Series and win. Now, that's a tall task because, let's face it, the Twins have not won a playoff game in a long, long time. I mean, not that long, but yet it feels Mm -hmm. like it because they continue to have their struggles against, well, the Yankees. And this time, (laughs) at least in the first round, you may not have to face the Yankees this year. Maybe the second round. If the playoffs were to start right now, they'd be playing the Blue Jays. They'd be playing the Blue Jays. I mean, I I think uh, it would be – the lowest seed the Yankees would face. And so with the twins being the higher seed, they would end up going to Houston. So the only way I think they would end up facing the Yankees would be if. in the uh, ALCS. If they beat Houston. That's only if they get that far. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, how great would that yeah. be though? Think about that for a second. Carlos Correa versus the Houston Astros. Would they even? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, 
that that would be great if you know Correa hit a home run in Minute Maid Park. And knowing Correa, I mean, he's a former Astros player, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he has any bad blood with them. And Probably I mean, not. some people even thought he would have gone back there. So yeah. That's I'm sure he, he wouldn't have uh, too much with it, but it would definitely make uh, some interesting stories. Oh, yeah. See, that would be fun, and I would love to watch that just for him and see if Minnesota or mm-hmm. Houston would even pitch to him because that's that's the real question. Are you really going to pitch to him or not? Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how well the Yankees play the rest of the way, honestly, because I think that's going to be – it's going to be interesting. It's just going to be kind of uh, – are they going to coast to the finish line or are they going to keep playing and actually like dominating like they have? Yeah. I mean, you think, could they take their foot off the gas pedal? And people always think, oh, well, you know, if you win like a hundred something odd games, you're not going to win because it's like, well, because teams that normally win those hundred odd games don't uh, normally win. Yeah, because of the Mariners when they had, had that amazing season in 2001 yep. and we're not able to do it. It got stomped by the Yankees. And then there's <laughs> just a lot of like <laughs> Yankee here, here killers in here. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, the fact that this is going to be a season where the Yankees will do what they can. I mean, they got to find their way through the ups and downs and what matters is that you get to the playoffs and you come up winning and they know, and at least winning through these rounds and in the ALCS, because that's always been the one thing with the Yankees the last few years, just winning that, that championship series. Well, not even winning that. Like if they don't win the world series, blow the whole team up. That's all I got to say. Blow it blow up. The- Let's get old George Steinbrenner back in. You didn't win. You had a crappy season. We're getting rid of all of you <laughs> and threaten their jobs. Because And that's that's the big difference between the old Yankees and the new Yankees. They don't feel like they have to, like, fear for their jobs. Like, if you – and I've watched a little bit of the Jeter thing, and I've also followed his life for quite a bit. Um, he was always afraid, like, if you don't do your job, they could find someone to do it for you. And that was always his mentality. I'm going to be better than the person that wants my job. That's why he lasted 20 years in New York. The reason why Judge is replaceable because does he have that same mindset? Same thing as A-Rod. You're replaceable because we know we can find a better third baseman than you. Or we could find a better first baseman than Jason Giambi. Or we could, I mean, Bernie Williams just always wanted to win. But they like there's a difference between the old Yankees and the new Yankees. Can do you have that mindset? And if you don't have that mindset, you got to go. Yeah, you don't want to have this old comfortable feeling like you know the Dallas Cowboys because that's kind it's of how, our year, baby. Yep, <laughs> and how their how their coaches feel because you know Jason Garrett got like ten years, and yet he was a Des Bryant catch away from going to the conference championship. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, when we get to talk about more football soon. <laughs> I know, and we do the Mad Five picks. We can have that up here. Yes. Oh, this will be fun. We're going to take and, a bigger <laughs> I, I got plenty of space down here, although you can't see. But yeah, I, I know. I got some space. I'll, maybe, you know what? I'll probably just get rid of the NBA finals finally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> by the time October rolls around, there will be a new NBA season. <laughs> oh, sweet. So I can just put the new one up there, though. All right. I got plenty of room. <laughs> that and having Derek around, maybe I can have Derek on the show. Show uh, the baby. So, you know. <laughs> Getting a little exposure, you know, yeah. got to build them in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Alpine Limited Company. Their mission is to provide high quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at, at alpineunlimitedco.com. And if you use code 10, Eric 10, yeah, that you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, it's alpinelimitedco.com and use code Eric 10 to receive 10% off. So, sorry, I was looking at some uh, messages, but yeah. So, trade deadline's coming up. NBA has been quiet. So is the, so is football, except uh, uh, <laughs> what we talked about last week off with uh, Zach Wilson and moms, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the whole situation right there was Mr. Zach Wilson. Did you see the Barstool Sports video? Did I tell you about that? I think you told me about it, yes. (laughs) I'm not going to say on our show, but look it up on Instagram. It's hilarious. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, nothing more than uh, uniform news, I know, for the NFL, because I know the Bengals are got their white helmets now, like the fans wanted for quite some time. Yeah, and, and the Panthers have the dark helmets, yeah. which yeah. I don't understand, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like they're copying the Titans, going with the dark look for their helmets now. And then um, I will say I'm excited that the Giants are bringing back those old blue and red ones from like uh, oh, the, the 90s. Yeah, Lawrence yeah. Taylor yeah, used to wear that. Yeah, I got to get one of those. I might be going to one of those games. Uh, the one of the Bears. I'm hoping to get to that this year. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> I know, already know I'm not going to be able to go to like any sporting event right now. Money has been too tight and just life in general. Unless someone wants to buy me tickets, it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not against that. You know. Started GoFundMe. <laughs> Started GoFundMe. Yes. <laughs> Help bring Eric, just Eric, to the game. Yeah. <laughs> Not family or friends, just Eric. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I think you, I think, I don't know if there's much, that's about it though, right? Yeah, that's roughly it. I mean, we could quickly just talk about uh, obviously James Harden, what his deal was, but I think we may have covered that already. I think we did too in the beginning because he only took a two year deal, 68 point something million dollar deal. So it's about 34. Uh, a year it's only two years and it's smart because and like you said before we got on the air um this is his window so the next two years he's committed which is what kd or Kyrie should have done got traded in the regular season left get it a short deal to see if you could try it if you don't okay you're out and that's it there's nothing wrong with that yeah and for the sixers they know that their uh window is going to be closing soon like ours <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this Zoom thing has really been painful today. But to, to just wrap up with James Harden, I think the whole point of it is that he wanted at least this short-term deal, but also feel what he's entitled to because he is an MVP uh, winning player and he is pretty much their superstar right next to uh, Joel Embiid. And the thing is, is that he could at least stay healthy compared to Joel Embiid. Yeah. And, I mean, they know that they want to probably keep the guys with them as well. Cause I know a lot of guys were upset, you know, if Maxi and Harris had to leave, but yet they've been here for the long haul. And so they don't want to get rid of them. Oh, so, all right. No, I believe you have this uh, on this day in sports history. So we'll start with you and then I'll uh, take it with the quote of the day. All right. So, yes, this is from on this day dot com. Uh, this on this day in 1958, uh, there was apparently like the first time a fee was charged to see a baseball game. The very first time, I guess. And it, the price of that was 50 cents. What? To watch a baseball game. New York beats Brooklyn 22 to 18. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, I know. I mean, can't wish we had tickets like that nowadays. Right. I would go to every game. Then, that's uh, if that was the case, of course, gas was super cheap back then, too. Jerks. Yeah, a lot with uh, gas. But then uh, a lot of uh, British Open stuff that yep. happened. I mean, the, because the British Open was last week, Cam Smith won. And then here's one. 1956, Yankee pitcher Whitey Ford ties American League record of six straight strikeouts. So that's, again, six straight batters striking them out. So that's yeah. amazing right there. Gotta love them Yankees. How about them Yankees? And then in 1958, Detroit Tigers future baseball Hall of Famer Jim Bunning got a no-hitter against the Boston Red Sox, 3 nothing. So oh, that's great news. Yeah, you had to mention it. It's a no-hitter because it doesn't happen as often as you think. Now, here's one that's actually really cool. Hank Aaron, and on this day, 1976, hit his last home run off of Angels pitcher Dick Drago. Ooh, wow. Interesting. Yep. As, of course, you got to remember, that was his final home run in his career. So definitely. And it's been a long time. And you can look at uh, some of these other announcements. I mean, even the ESPYs tonight. I mean, yep. that's what's going on. And then uh, here it is. It's been one year since the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah, because it was so late in the year. Well, yeah, the COVID. Pandemic. Well, yeah, because you got to remember that restart started in December. And right Christmas. Around, yeah. And yep. then the season ended in July. Like I was on vacation last year when the Bucks, uh won the final. So I remember uh, sitting down in North Carolina watching uh, the game and uh, or at least remembering, I believe, the Bucks winning that title. I think I was here at home as always. I'm a homebody. <laughs> 
trying to remember if I was watching the game, though. I was pretty busy on that vacation. <laughs> there you go. A good, a busy vacation is a good vacation, I think. Yeah, that, yeah it, was, it was a fun time. But, yeah, those were our uh, uh, events in sports history. Uh, on this day.com provided those facts. So thank you to that website. And, Eric, it is now for you for Quote of the Day. All right, and this is from Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, the most important single ingredient to formula to the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. Uh, so again, Teddy Roosevelt, he uh, is one of the famous people, you know, but he also says that the most important single ingredient in the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. If you don't know how to get along with people, then I don't know what to tell you because you you just have to get along with people somehow. Well, yeah, you're not you're not going to make friends that way. You're not going to make friends. You're not going to be able to learn anything. You're not going. You're not even going to be able to have a conversation with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so good old Teddy Roosevelt. By yeah. the way, according to Woj, and this is as of like just within this half hour, the NBA has fined Golden State Warriors owner Joe Lacob or Lacob five hundred thousand dollars for his recent comments on the point forward podcast discussing the league's collective bargaining talks which included lack of describing the league's luxury tax system as very unfair the nba forbids owners and team officials from unauthorized communications regarding collective bargaining agreements wow that happened five hundred thousand dollars yeah that's pretty hefty i mean tampering and just uh, you just gotta be careful what you talk about but i mean I'm trying to remember it's like warriors executives i mean in the past like they've had some issues like you know like on, on the court or off the court because i remember i think there was some issue with uh like a while ago like one of the front office members i think of the warriors had to be like ejected or something mm. i can't remember yeah i don't i vaguely remember that yeah so that is another edition of the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Thank you again for listening, wherever you were listening, whether it be Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever it is. And again, if you use code Eric10 on your order at unlimited alpineunlimitedco.com, you can uh, save 10% off your entire order. Again, that's Eric10 is the code to use. We'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more information about some trade deadline rumors and um, maybe the NBA will finally pick up again. I mean, it's kind of, maybe we could have just done the first half of uh, what we did earlier on about the MLB all-star game, but regardless, we'll figure this out. We'll be back next time. Uh, so for Noah Pegler, Eric Miller signing off once again, have a great weekend. And also, by the way, happy national hot dog day. Hey. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. <laughs>